Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hi, welcome back to my podcast. I am so happy that you're right back here listening to another episode. And if you're new here, welcome. It's good to start from episode one so you can truly understand Legally Clueless, but hey... Do what you want, and I hope you had a great week last week. What did I do last week? Wow. Oh, last week was pretty good. I started off with being on Janet Mbugwa. She is a media personality in Kenya and a friend. She has a new TV show called Here and Now, so she invited me to be on a panel talking about campus violence. So that was dope. And then on Tuesday, I... Put up Perspective, the reaction and the response to Perspective, which is my second podcast, has been so amazing. Why is my neighbor's alarm going off? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so the reactions to Perspective have been so amazing and just so... It's really gotten people thinking. And, you know, the podcast is like a safe space for men and women to have conversations around um, gender issues. And to see men also listening actively and coming out to see if they've learned and unlearned things is just amazing. So um, you can find Perspective on my Facebook, which is Adele Onyango. The video is there. The video is also on my YouTube channel, which is Adele Onyango. And you can also find it on SoundCloud because at its core, it's really just meant to be a podcast like this. Anyway, yeah, so my week was running around doing a lot of perspective stuff and just um, posting up promo material for it. But I think I got some work done. Yeah, I did get work done because I, <laughs> I was like, what? I'm pretty sure I got some stuff done. I'm going to be at, so at the end of this month, at the end of July, I am going to be emceeing on one of the panels and running a workshop at the African Women in Media Conference. So I'm trying to get my presentation ready and ah, it's absolutely hectic because I'm just like, I hope I say things that matter because, you know, like you're going to be with pioneers in the media industry from various countries. And so I'm just like, oh, my God, <laughs> will I say stuff that matters? And yeah, so I've just been trying to get my presentation for that ready. So that's exciting. And then on Saturday, y'all know Val, my best friend. She's made um, cameos. <laughs> You call them that in podcasts. Anyway, she's been on quite a few episodes of Legally Clueless. So her and I share a common love for wine. Although I love the sweet stuff, which apparently is more pedestrian. (laughs) Or as they call it, it's like entry-level wine. (laughs) But I don't mind. And she loves like dry, more reds. But I'm more of a like sweet, white, moscatos and things like that. But anyway... In Nairobi, we had the Nairobi Wine Festival on Saturday. So many different wines. And you got to go around to each booth tasting the different wines. It was really fun. It was really fun. And we got to hang out afterwards. We hadn't really sat down to like hang out and just catch up on life and its madness. And so, yeah, one thing that Val really reminds me of, and I think she said it once on this podcast, is that when it comes to your friendships... In this digital age, you have to be very purposeful in trying to make time for your friends, for you guys to meet face-to-face and talk about how life is going. 
because if you leave it only to you know your whatsapp chats or you liking their posts on instagram it's a bit superficial of a friendship so yeah i had a great week and a great even greater weekend (laughs) oh my god and then on friday how could i forget my god (laughs) on friday um i went for my first ever rally you guys know my husband rallies a lot him and our best man paris rally together so my husband is the navigator paris is the driver and they participated in the safari rally over the weekend so on friday and it was the first rally that i've ever attended because when i was a kid because rallies are really dusty and stuff and i have very bad allergies and i had asthma at the time my mom would never allow me to go for any of the rallies so i never did when i was a kid and then even in our dating life and into marriage our schedules always conflicted. I would either be at work, in studio, at an interview, something was happening. And so this was my first time at a rally and I was doing the most, like screaming and yelling and cheering. And yeah, it was really funny. It was very, very dusty. So I'm just like waiting for my allergies to be like, bitch, (laughs) you thought that you had outgrown us. And then it hit me, first and foremost, a week late into July that it is... We're done with the first six months of the year. And I really feel like in 2019, I wasted... Yeah, it feels bad to say, but I, I think I did. I think I wasted the first, say, three months. Because I was doing my renegotiation of my contract at my former employment. And it was just drugging. And uh, <sighs> I genuinely think that would be one of my regrets of 2019. Is that the first three to four months of the year were just not fast paced and it affected so many of the other things that I wanted to do. So I think, yeah, I genuinely think in the grander scheme of things, it was a waste of time. If I could (laughs) feel so bad because I hate regrets, but Hey, if I could go back in time to when I resigned in December, I would never have tried to renegotiate my contract. I would have just served my notice and left at the end of March. Yeah. But hey, you live and you learn. And speaking of learning, I think some of the lessons the first half taught me is you've got to get rid of the things that are blocking your blessings. And you know what those things are because like internally, you feel like you shouldn't be in that space. And that space could be like a job or it could be a relationship. It could be a friendship. It could be a toxic habit that you have. But you are aware, like when you're silent, you're very aware of that thing or that space that is blocking your blessing and you've got to get rid of it and i say this as a lesson because now i'm getting to be in this in spaces with like-minded organizations and individuals where partnerships can happen and it it looks like all of these blessings are coming my way and i was talking to val about it over the weekend and she said sometimes because you're using your hands to hold on to this one thing You don't have any free hands to catch your blessings. I think that's what she said, but it sounded more intelligent when she said it. Um, But yeah, seriously. So when you let go of that thing, then your hands are free and open to grasp all of these blessings. And I think that's really what's happening in my life right now. Another thing I've learned is that, yo, I need to stop trusting or wanting to see the good in people. So even when they do dumb shit, I excuse that by saying, oh, you know, they're suffering from self-esteem issues or, oh, you know, give them another chance. I feel like 
as much as that comes from a good place, it could really get me into issues. So, you know, I think I have to go back to that age-old saying, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. I know you've probably heard of that quote before. Yeah, I'm going back to that (laughs) because I'm just like, yo... Not all human beings are okay. <laughs> Some of them don't need to be in your space, girl. I've also learned how important it is to silence the noise. And so I've been working extra hard at that. It's helping me clarify my purpose. So not listening to... You know, ever since I quit KISS, everybody has these opinions that they call you with. Like, oh, I think you should do this. Oh, I have this business plan. Oh, no, no, no. And yes, I know they mean well. But I have to silence (laughs) all of that noise so that I can only listen to that which truly feeds into my purpose and not just jump at everything and anything. So sometimes people mean well, but yeah, they are part of the noise and you've got to like silence them completely. And I've also learned that there's no rush. I'm taking myself so slowly and really severing the moment. I think one thing that I did in the past was that I was like, oh my God, I have to get this done. I have to do this. Oh, what is my five-year plan? Am I on track? And I forgot to really live in the moment because I thought I had, my career had an expiration date and I had to achieve this by the time I'm 30. I had to, you know, all of that crap. I'm quickly beginning to learn that there is no rush. Like life is it to be lived in every single moment, right? So I'm enjoying the process of everything that I'm doing more and really sinking myself into it. And it's really great, guys. It's really great. I think sometimes we we rush ourselves through the now, which is really sad because even that future that we are talking about, we're not really guaranteed that it's going to come. Like the only thing that we're guaranteed of is the now. So, you know, I'm really trying to be a bit more present. And yo, another thing, the first six months of 26, hey, 16, 2019 <laughs> taught me is that if there's one thing you've got to have in this life, it's a pretty good lawyer. Like, yo, make sure you have a good lawyer on your side because if you're running your own thing, even if you're an employee, you're going to need somebody who understands all that law jargon who can represent your concerns in contracts, somebody who can point out red flags in contracts. I think because of that negotiation process, I am very aware of the very shit employment contracts people in Nairobi are signing. Yeah, I'm very aware of that. And I also think sometimes employers are getting away with stuff because we do not know our rights under the labor laws. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to just have a lawyer and a very good lawyer. If they could be a friend, even better, who's in your your side of things. Because they can help you when shit hits the fan. Uh, but speaking of, you know, shit hitting the fan... In a hundred African stories, guys, I laughed my eyes out, not only when I was recording this particular story, but when I was editing it, I even listened to it three times over and I was just like, yo, hey, (laughs) relationships are a bit tough. So I recorded Abigail. Abigail is a Kenyan and she shared 
a relationship story. Actually, it's, I think, the first relationship story anybody has shared on 100 African Stories. Um, if you're new to this feature, I literally invade somebody's space. Well, not invade. They invite me in. And they tell me, and by extension you, a story from something they've experienced in their life. And it can be anything from how they got to where they are, or like Abigail's, which was a relationship she had. You know, there is no intro to this story. <laughs> this story is in a league of its own. However, I went to Abigail's place to record this, and her neighbor's kid seems to have just discovered that they love to scream. So yeah, just be on the lookout for this story featuring the screaming neighbor's kid. A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from so Africa. My name is Abigail and uh, ID number two friend. No, I'm kidding. You know, I consider myself more of a Nairobian than a Kenyan. It feels more true to say I'm a Nairobian than a Kenyan because Nairobi is a country in itself and it's a beast but yeah i was in a relationship with this guy who i met when did i meet him i met him in my last year of uni i was just about to graduate i, w I wasn't just about to graduate but i was like finishing my final semester and then i graduate the next year and i'm not single often it's not a thing that happens in my life i've been in back-to-back long-term relationships since i was like 12 i literally have not been single in my adulthood Wow. As soon as I hit teenagehood, off the market. Um, and so this was another one of my situations where I was coming right off the tail of something else. And, and I met this dude at a cyber and I didn't think he was going to call me. I didn't even think he was all like, I don't even remember how this happened. Am I allowed to cuss? Yes. Okay. You know how like you look back at some of the shit and you're just like, but how did this even, like what was the genesis? Now that we are at the literal revelation, you know? And so uh, we met, hung out a little bit months in got into a relationship um and so i when i love i love hard i'm very lovey mm. i'm just like oh my god love oh my god sacrifice i'm gonna love you i want to be with you forever like when i get into relationships i'm never thinking like it's gonna end mm. i'm just like you're mine i'm yours here meet my parents you know and this was much the same thing <laughs> ask me how i am now anyway <laughs> friends so started dating as i said I'm, I'm 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 polyamorous now but i'm very good at monogamy i'm very good at commitment and loyalty i'm those chicks who i can't even see other niggas i'm just like oh my gosh nothing compares to you nothing ever like i can't even i don't see it and if i start seeing it that means the relationship is over so we were literally like three years in girl you know i'm a freelancer yeah when you fuck with my money it's a different level of abuse there's physical abuse there's emotional abuse then there's financial abuse i'm a freelancer three years in i've got my first job you know i'm doing the things i got my first bank account Ooh, fancy adults and so because i'm in this thing with this man forever you just kind of share your pains like it just kind of happens because mm. we're living together obviously my parents don't know but that's uh Hannah. and he knows my pain he knows my everything yeah but out whatever card everything so i was always the one who was making more money in the relationship but i was fine with it it's not a big deal mm. money for me is secondary which is clearly why i'm a freelancer if i cared about money i would be in employment i would have put in 10 years at social media group but clearly 
Um, so me, what matters to me is not necessarily how much money you're making, but what is your plan to get the money that we are going to need in our future life? Mm-hmm. Do what you want. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But what you want is going to get us to a level of productivity. I cannot be bearing the saddle of this relationship forever into the horizon, skipping daintily into the distance. No. Um, and he wasn't doing that. And I was getting very frustrated mm-hmm. by the third year. I was just like, hey, my guy, you gay. My guy, my guy. You can't have grocery money and then you buy paint. Like, stop yeah. it. Like, you're three years older than me. Can you just, like, act like it's just a little bit? Like, what the fuck, right? And so I was a bit shaky, a little bit. And then, uh, because I'm a freelancer and I've made this choice in my life, I never wake up for 11. I don't do that shit, not since high school, unless I'm catching a flight or there's food involved. I will not, I will not accept the suffering. I will not. I accepted it for four years in high school. I will not, on purpose, inflict that on myself. Yeah. Why? For what? Listen, the life makes me, life makes me suffer already. I'm black. I'm a woman. I'm a freelancer. I'm a seventh born. What the hell? I have cavities. Ah, No. We must also say yes to us. Self-care. I never wake up before 11. Even in that relationship, I was never wake up before 11. So, one Sunday I wake up uh, at 11, whatever, we go to that day, Monday I'm going to work. And then, I go to my bank. <laughs> now, you know when you're young, you know all your pennies, all of the coins. Yeah. You know the 10 bob that's in that bag? You know the 50 bob that's in the other one that you're going to need for transport? To Jogo. I, I go to my bank, I'm like... It was, and the bank account I had at the time, I think it was a student account carrying over from my uni days. Yeah. So they didn't text you when there's like a transaction or whatever. But because I know all my coins, hey, I was just like, there is something missing in my account. I don't have enough money to not notice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, hold up, hold up. Hey, hold up, hold up. Wait. But above it. Why is, what? Who? I go to my bank. Hi, relationship manager. Why is there money missing from my account? The relationship manager is like, I lost you with Drew. I'm like, you could do the <laughs> You know the meme for the blinking white man? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm just like, no, I didn't. I have not been to this bank since last week, so I can't withdraw. And then the relationship manager is like, no, look, here. There's listed here. Sunday at 9 a.m., you withdrew this much money. I was just like, <laughs> first of all, that is. A goddamn lie because I never wake up before 11. Yeah. So there's no way I could have been awake at 9 a.m. at an ATM. At the, I left my bed to go to the There's no way. There's no way in hell. Give me back my money. You bitches. <laughs> what are you doing? What have you done? <laughs> right? I'm starting to cause up like a fucking. Like, I was just like, you're not taking my money. You're not taking not on my watch. All my life I had to fight. You know, like, I'm. I'm so they're like, eh, actually, did what the record shows. Is there anyone else who knows your pain? Ooh, I was just like, I mean. So now I was doing, um, you know the thing that women do that's stupid? It's not stupid. Like, I get it, but it's stupid to do. Yeah. Because you shouldn't be protecting niggas. Yeah. When you're protecting niggas, and you, when she asked me that, I was like, I would look so stupid if I say my boyfriend, let me say my mother. So yeah. I said my mother knows my pain. Because women do this thing, even when you break up. No nigga deserves your protection. <laughs> if he wanted protection, they shouldn't have acted wrong in the first place. Act right, and I will need to protect you. Against the forces of evil. Anyway, so I say, yeah, my mom has my pen. And she's like, ask her if she used your card. But she, the way she's saying it, she's like, ask your mother. mother. <laughs> and she's like, I'm like, damn, girl. Shish. I go home to my beloved. So, there's money missing in my account. I don't know why. Did you take money out of my account? He's like, what? Money out of your account? When? And then 
uh, I'm like on Sunday morning, and then he's like, no, Sylvia, you're like, so I'm like, you're sure you didn't take money from my account? Just to be clear. Yeah. And also to give him the benefit of the doubt, if there's a time to confess, it is now. Young man, you know, <laughs> like when your mother says, just tell me. <laughs> I won't you know, beat you. I won't beat you. <laughs> just say. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, I didn't take money. <laughs> so see me, I love my man. See me, I believe the things he says. See, the next day I go back to the bank and cause a fucking scene. A scene. <laughs> a scene. Your bitches took my money, close all my accounts, fuck my government. <laughs> like a really dramatic Shaniqua in the middle of, you know what I mean? Like flip hair, where's the manager? Where my money at? Do I need to take someone's laptop? You guys are hookses. I'm never banking with you again. Like a dumb bitch. Okay? Like a dumb whipped bitch. So, and I'm like, okay, calm down. <laughs> Write a letter, please, so that we can investigate. Also, what's happening that banks have? You have to handwrite the letter. <laughs> you had that? to handwrite it? I had to handwrite it and sign it. Like, fit, like I couldn't type it. No, they wanted a handwritten. I'm just like, that's really weird. But okay. So, I read the letter. I handed it. I go back home. Yeah, I wrote the letter today. Can you believe these letters? And then they made me have to write um, like a letter to to request the footage from the ATM that the money was taken from. Mm. That's a letter I had to write. I go home and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, all right, that's so messed up. Blah, 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 blah. Do you know how long this shit went on? This shit went on like the investigation to find the footage. First of all, I don't understand why it took so long. But it took them six months to get the footage. So, money is stolen in December, right? On a balmy morning in June. <laughs> they call me and they're like, hi, we found the footage. But all this time, what is he doing? Let me tell you, I've been going home like, yeah, I went to the bank to check today. These guys, they don't mind, they take so long. They take so long because they know they've stolen my money. He's like, ah, oh, man, that's so messed up. Yeah, I know. Imagine, close your account to the Bank of Africa right now. In fact, tell your sister. Who is this? Tell your sister that she closed it. Like, He's supporting, you know how you're bitching about your boss, like to your man, and you don't know that your man is like your boss's best friend who's telling him to also stab you, like like yeah. a showrunner for a reality show, playing you with alcohol so that there's more reactions like that. Good. In fact, I'm going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. In the AM. Give my money, bitches. <laughs> I was ready. Because me, I knew. Me, I knew. I asked myself. I had not sleepwalked. There's a history of that in my family. Yeah. It is not through me. I had asked my man's, and he had said he hadn't. I asked him twice. He said he hadn't. I had been bitching for six months. Who oh, I go home? I'm like, yeah, man. Oh my gosh, I feel so stupid. So, <laughs> yeah, these guys, they finally imagine how could the event take so long? He gives me a look. I'm like, yeah, I'm going tomorrow morning. He's like, please don't go. What? What? He's like, I'm the one in the footage. <gasps> no! Do you know the feeling of your body collapsing, <laughs> but not actually collapsing? Yeah. Like you feel collapsed, <laughs> you know? I was just like, oh, sorry, what? It's not even that you took the money, even though you shouldn't have taken my motherfucking money. Yeah. But it's also, like... You did six months of a long game deceit plan. A long, like a con. Like you did, like you did a con for six months. Like you watched me panic about this money, try and recover it, find money for whatever whatever I was going to use that money for, bitch about it, you closed your account. 
I told all my friends, there's people today who will not bank with that bank because I bitched about it so much in that six month period. Yeah. Like my friends were gonna open a charm there. I was like, no, we can't use that bank and sell people's money. With my whole chest. I was saying that with my whole all of it, all my chest. Imagine. You watch me do all this circular motion shit. Only I'm just saying you tell me, man. And he's like, yeah, if you go, I'll be arrested for fraud. So please don't go. I'm just like, because that's what it is. That's fraud. Like he will go to jail. He'll go to the jail. Especially after this bitch was so loud in the bank. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't go to the bank. So the relationship was fractured. And I, I was like, okay, we're breaking up. And he's like, no, I've refused. I'm sorry. I know I've done something wrong, but please don't leave me. And then like a dumb bitch, I stayed. But I stayed for July, August, September. I met my next boyfriend the next month, but July, August, September. I broke up three months later. Because at that point, it had unraveled to the point. What can you trust? But even outside of trust, like, we we're going to break up anyway because I didn't want kids and we had scheduled a breakup and that was all well and good. But past a certain point, there's only so much I can hold on to. Like, by the way, the money is not what bothered me. And then he wouldn't tell me what the money was for. Did I add? I know what he used it for, but I don't want to say because even after all these years, I'm just like, protect! Don't protect the niggas, smash the patriarchy. But like, I, I feel like it's like very personal. So yeah. But the thing is, it wasn't even a big enough amount of money. But it was the like, action. It was the action. Like, I've been, I've been funding your lifestyle, nigga. I will give you the money if you ask. It's yeah. not even big. So is it one of those things where you get tired of asking and you don't want to ask even if you know they'll give you? Mm. You don't have to explain what it's for. You don't want to tell the story of why you need the money. And that's fine. Like an entire motherfucking, like, damn, nigga, you kind of evil, aren't you? You know, light finger little thief, ya? Like, I mean, like, what the, what the fuck am I saying? Like, there's no way you can spin that. That will put him in a good light. He went into my wallet. Because I remember when I woke up, I don't know why I was looking at my wallet, but I looked at my wallet that day. I took, I look, my cards were all there. My wallet was in my bag. So he went, took it out, went when I was asleep because he knew I wasn't going to wake up, came back. So it changed things. For some reason, it didn't change my trust level because in my next relationship, I still gave the guy all my pins. The difference was this guy had been stolen from by his mama as well. <laughs> so we were both entering on a, on a level of, you know, like, <laughs> to Kapamoja, you know. We understood. <laughs> and you know, his memory was so bad, I knew he would never remember anyway. I mean, I, I still know all this, but he would remember, so it's like, whatever, you know. <laughs> So in terms of, so it clarified a lot of things for me in terms of how long I'm willing to do the supportive girlfriend shit. So everyone who's come after that now, unfortunately, they're not going to get the benefits of my patience, you know, (laughs) one, two, it made me clarify that what was important, what I was saying at the beginning, what is important to me is not the money that you're making. Mm. It's what you're going to do to get the money that we're going to need. When you have a job and you have access to a credit card, what is your access to the resource that we're going to need in the middle of the night when I need to go to hospital and I've blacked out and you can't find my cards? How good is your credit, boo? (laughs) Are you friends with your bank? You figure some, like, can you figure the shit Mm. that needs to be figured out? I think that's what it changed. I think those are two really big things that changed for me. How I look at money and men, and um, the thing I said before. Catch our next African stories in the next episode. Man, Abby's one of my favorite storytellers. Like, how she can find humor in that moment. Me, it doesn't matter if that happened to me 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I'd still be hella pissed. How is a person that you're dating going into your purse, taking your ATM card, going and withdrawing money for God knows what? I love on top of that... When you discover for six months, guys, six months, they've watched you 
being so stressed they don't say anything for those six months and you're human beings man no hey i can be so angry so angry for life you gotta love abby for sharing her story with us and being so humorous about it and of course next week i'm gonna have another story on 100 african stories we have a new episode up every single monday but make sure you follow the legally clueless instagram page you can let me know what you think about this week's episode it's on insta at legally clueless podcast and that's it for this episode of legally clueless you can share this podcast with your friends you can keep it for yourself i'm not judging just make sure you're here next week for the next episode